for that, I uh, wanted to welcome uh, Sachin. Sachin yep. Agarwal, right? Uh, from Posturus. So, uh, this, yeah, woo -woo, all right. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, famous up until recent simple sharing site, right? That's uh, been in operation for about three years, I think, mm -hmm. too, and has uh, pulled in about 15, 15 million? Uniques. Uniques. Monthly Uniques. So, no big deal. Quite a few people have uh, taken advantage <laughs> of that. Uh, and we're catching them at actually a really interesting time, too, because we've been talking to talking to him about actually getting him in for a little while now, and he's been putting us off, putting us off, putting us off, because he's like, I got something, I got something. And they've spent the last eight months uh, rethinking, redesigning, and rebuilding Posturus from the ground up and rebranded as Posturus Spaces and just launched this uh, about a week ago now, or a little over a week two, ago. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, two weeks now? Yeah. Fly, wow. Uh, so we're catching him a really interesting time. So we invited him in to actually give the first talk. He's talked about anywhere about how... Uh, how they did it, why the heck they did this, and mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the methods and things they actually went about, uh, you know, doing this. So, uh, without further ado, let's uh, welcome to Chen. Thank you. Cool. Well, thanks, Jeremy, and yeah. thanks everyone at Zurb for having me here and uh, for everyone for attending. So, yeah, I'd love to just sort of tell you guys the story of uh, Posturus, how we got started, how the product, um, you know, got, uh, how its roots sort of formed. And then obviously talk about the Spaces launch, which uh, happened uh, li yeah, less than two weeks ago. And um, it was just the, the biggest undertaking we've ever uh, gone after in terms of our product and sort of where, where we want this company to go. So, um, you know, for, for any, you know, product like Posturus, you know, it's a consumer product, you know, you need this like product visionary to, to sort of form, formulate, you know, what are we going after, who are we building for, and all that. Um, so I'm not that guy, right? Like I am, I'm an engineer disguised as a product guy. And so what I'm going to really talk to you about is not really like all these methodologies that we used and we're like, you know, so perfect and we therefore built this great product. It's actually a lot of learning, a lot of mistakes and a lot of just like interesting um, sort of process that we uh, developed over the last few years that, you know, got us to where we are with, with spaces. So, um, so my background, you know, so I'm an engineer. I um, was a CS major at Stanford, and then I went to go work at Apple. And at Apple, I was working on Final Cut Pro. So it's a professional video editing software. I was doing a lot of back-end code for like playback and real-time effects. So it's as far as possible to consumer, to internet, to you know, product design. I didn't do any front-end code at all. So you know, really, you know, looking at me, you'd be like, this guy, you know knows nothing about how to start you know, a consumer internet company. And, and that was true. I mean, I, I did it. So the way you know, Posters really started, um, sorry, I'm just going to remember, uh, just oh, checking the time. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, so the, the way that you know, this sort of came about was, right, so I'm an engineer at Apple, and I was living in New York, and I wanted to create a, an easier way for people to share photos online. Um, I just got an iPhone, and I'm like, OK, well, you know, this is the first time I have an internet-enabled camera. And why is it so hard for me to publish photos to the internet? So um, I've always wanted to build something that sort of works for normal people. So I'm not the guy who wants to go and set up servers and host my own you know, blogging software and things like that. I'm like, what is the easiest way to just get this done? And so the easiest way was email. So I want to just email photos. And somehow, ma magically, these things should appear on my blog. Um, and that's what happened. And I just wrote it for myself. There was no idea that this would ever turn into a company, no idea that you know, I would ever hire anyone or that anyone else but me would ever use this thing. And I think you know, that's sort of one of these really great lessons where um, you know, I didn't set out to start a company and then sort of search for a problem. Um, 
I found a problem and just built it for myself. And that's what allowed a non-product guy like myself to, to do this is because I, wasn't, I didn't do the user research or I didn't think of you know, uh, personas and who I'm trying to cater for. I just built for myself. Um, you know, that doesn't work for all products and, and you know, companies, but like I said, I wasn't trying to start a company. So, um, you know, so that's how it started. Um, you know, I was the only guy using this thing, and I started showing it to some friends and you know, got some interest. Um, and then in 2008, um, got into Y Combinator and launched at TechCrunch. And um, we had a really great launch, which sort of surprised me because I actually thought there was going to be a lot of, you know, hey, email is dead. You know, why the hell are these guys betting on email? Um, you know, this is way too simple. I'm a tech nerd and I want something more powerful. Uh, but actually, people really got the idea of it being so simple, and the simplicity was what made it interesting. So here, so this is something that, like I've never talked about before. So some of the things that really made Posturus innovative on day one were complete accidents. So, um, so Posturus was, you know, we got branded right away as as easy blogging, blogging by email, and and you know it, it worked really well and it was really simple. One of the things that really we got famous for was that when you wanted to uh, email to your blog, you would email post at posturist.com. It was one email address. So other services were doing secret email addresses. So you know, you'd be xyz123 at Flickr, and somebody else would be xyz124 at Flickr. Um, we had one. That wasn't some conscious product decision that I'd made like eight months ago. Um, that was because I didn't know how to set up a mail server. <laughs> so the first version of Posturist that I was using had a Gmail address that I would email to, and then my script would sort of like scrape it for photos and put it on my blog. Um, if anybody figured out what that Gmail address was, they could post to my blog, but I wasn't worried about stuff like that. Um, another interesting thing was that you could email post at posters.com without creating an account, and it would just create a blog for you instantly and, and all that. Again, it wasn't that I necessarily thought that this would be cool. It was that I didn't want to build a registration system and a login system and, and a whole web interface. So I wasn't a front end guy. So I'm like, you know what? If I get an email from somebody I don't recognize, I'll just do all the work automatically. And I'll just make an account for them purely by accident. And that you know, really became one of our big marketing things up front was, hey, you know, this thing's so easy. Just email us. You don't even need to sign up. Um, and a third thing that, that's really big, and that's, this is still big for us today, is the idea of auto posting, where you know, if you email Posturus or post to Posturus, we'll update your Twitter, Facebook, and all these other services. Um, again, it wasn't really this like, insight that this is something users want. My blog was hosted on Blogger. And before um, Posters evolved to be a fully hosted platform, the idea was that I just want to build that little intermediate email gateway that would then post to other places and let Blogger continue to be my blog. So even that really just came up accidentally. And when we became a fully hosted platform, it sort of stuck around and expanded and became you know, a really big part of, um, of what we did. So that was just sort of you know, a really cool, like a lot of accidental you know, innovation there. Um, so after we launched for uh, you know, the next year or so, we uh, listened to our users. The company would um, uh, do help uh, email uh, within the organization. So every engineer and everybody at the company would take days to do that really helped us develop the product and listen to our users and build, you know, build for people, right? This is something that, that Zurb and like, you know, is really, really important. So, so that worked you know, really well, and we, we continued to build features. 
Um, one of the interesting things that we did was um, we tried to figure out how are people using Posturus that maybe would surprise us. And one of the ways that they were using us was for a group collaboration. And so that what that meant was they would set up a Posturus site, make it private, add a bunch of different contributors to it. And because we worked so well over email, they would sort of use us as a group collaboration email list product, so in place of Google Groups or Yahoo Groups, um, because it was hosted and handled media really well and things like that. So that's what led us to develop uh, Posturus Groups, which we launched um, at the end of 2010. And so that was really just going after this idea that, that normal people, and in fact our own users on Posturus, what they're looking for is better private sharing and controlled sharing, and that you know, most normal people out there don't really want a blog, and they don't really want to put their whole lives out in public, um, especially in you know, long-form text, which has been traditionally what people think of blogging. Um, so we put that out there. Um, and traffic exploded, user growth exploded. You know, groups is a very viral product, so people are inviting their family and their friends to participate in groups. And, um, and you know, that all came about organically from our users and what they were doing on, on Posturus. So again, you know, a lot of, you know, if you listen to your users and you use that to, um, you know, don't over-listen them, don't dictate your product roadmap, but use a lot of those insights. Um, you know, it can really take you in a, in a good direction. Sorry. Okay, so, so the interesting thing happened, you know, the twist in the company and the big, you know, I don't want to say pivot. Um, the, the sort of redesign process started at the beginning of this year. Okay, so this is about six, seven months ago. Um, Pasta is doing well. We're growing. New users are coming on board every day. Um, you know, things are looking good. But we have these problems. These like really, really big problems. So the first problem is that when you went to Posturus, we had two products. We had sites and groups, and this was really confusing. Do I want a site? Do I want a group? What's the difference? You know, what's right for me? And, um, and so you know, people just didn't know what the hell was going on anymore. We had a lot of technical debt. You know, we've been coding and hacking for two and a half years. And code is really crufty. It was you know, really hard to maintain and, and to really move fast and build some really cool stuff. We had a lot of design debt. So, over the course of, again, two, three years, every time we added a feature, we added a button somewhere for users to use that feature. And this is the problem is that for us it made sense because we were learning the product over the course of two years. And our existing users, they were actually totally happy because they'd see a, a blog post and they'd be like, oh, cool, Pasta just added whatever. The button for that is here. And they just, now Pasta's added this. The button for that is here. And so they learned this, this product over the course of years. And now you have this page that has like 50 buttons and no clear call to action on what you should do. But our users are totally thrilled because it does these 50 things and it's exactly the 50 things that they want it to do. But a new user comes on board and they're like, what the hell am I supposed to click on? What does this product do? And you know, they're totally, totally lost. Um, so you know, th there were just a lot of these issues with, with the current product that we're like, you know, we got to do something bigger. And we got to fix this. And, and also, you know, we're growing, but we've got to figure out what is the right way to sort of you know, grow by an order of magnitude faster and figure out how to just like ramp it up um, you know, even quicker than, than it has been growing. So, um, so this is when we sort of took a step back, 
and we you know, took a long time, you know, like a month, to just sort of sit and think about what's posturous and what are we building here. And going back to this, the original idea from you know, three years ago, which none of that had changed, it was um, you know, helping normal people share online, um, you know, an emphasis on email and mobile, and an emphasis on um, controlled sharing, um, which could be private, but control just means sharing different content with different people. Because again, that's what normal people want, and that's what we found that people on Postgres were already using us for, um, you know, just because they had figured it out. Um, and so, you know, between all that, you know, we, we realized, like, you know, what, what should this experience look like? And, and let's sort of take the risk to just r throw everything out, nothing sacred, no features have to stay if they don't make sense anymore. Um, let's sort of figure out what would be the best product for new users who are coming in to understand this and use this. So what we ended up doing was um, we started with uh, by redesigning our mobile product. And um, this was important for a few reasons. Um, first of all, we, we made the, the decision that you know, this company, as it moves forward, is going to bet on, on being platform agnostic. So this is not a website that you can also use on your iPhone or a website you can also use on your Android, but this is a place where you share. And whether your touch point is the web or the touch point is um, a mobile device or purely email, or I think in the future, um, you know, televisions and things like that, because that's where my mom's consuming content. And in the future, my mom's not going to own a PC. And in fact, no one's going to own a PC in a few years except for you know, engineers and designers, maybe. Um, why am I building websites? Um, and then also, philosophically, I hate the web. I, I think it's sort of lowest common denominator, not really a great experience. So we wanted to build the best mobile product possible. Um, and um, and we, we started there. And we also started there because it let our web guys rebuild all of our infrastructure and build this really great API while our mobile guys went and innovated on the design and that experience. So again, that was sort of accidental. It just sort of worked out in terms of resource allocation that, that that's you know, what happened. <laughs> oh. Uh, like I'm Brian. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, question, yeah. Uh, okay, so, so a couple of cool things on, the, um, on how we, we designed the mobile product. Um, you know, we sort of sat down, figured out what the feature sets were, um, mapped out the screens, and then we actually used Postgres groups as a way to, um, to collaborate on, on um, the product itself. So we, um, we'd like to see ourselves as uh, the entire company it has a product sense, and the entire company is invited to all product discussions and, and helps innovate. And again, that goes back to like, I'm not the product guy. Um, you know, I'm not alone in that. So, so what we would do is we had this cool process where we were going to do one screen per day uh, for like 30 days. And the app had like 30 screens. And so we would um, use a process group. Somebody would design it, email it into the, the system. There'd be a lot of collaboration, a few revisions during the day. And then we'd lock down on it by the end of the day. And this was like a first revision. So obviously, like during the course of like the six months of development, we you know scrapped a lot of it and you know made a ton of mistakes. But um, it let us uh, really collaborate and, and build these the, the, the initial sort of design um, you know pretty quickly. Um, and um, and then so once that design was done and the mobile team started to to develop, um, the web team freed up 
from all their infrastructure and backend work, and then they started to, to work on the website. And a lot of the learning that we had gained from the process of, use it, of building the mobile app, the web team are, already had that um, to their advantage. And so that process moved a lot faster. Um, and if you go to the new website, it's, it's very, very simple. And it actually looks almost exactly like our mobile app in terms of like, the way things are, are laid out. And that was one of our goals was consistency um, between the two products. Um, that was also one of our biggest, uh, the, one of the, the hardest things for us to do right because we had two separate teams. We had a mobile team and a web team. But at some point, we realized like, if these things don't look the same and act the same, then this product is going to suck. And like, people are just going to get really confused again. So we sort of brought that together. Um, but let the, let the web team really uh, learn from what the mobile guys had done and, and go from there. Um, how much time do you have? Like five? You got about five more? Yeah, OK, cool. So, um, a little more than that. OK. Yeah, we got room for questions. Great. Um, one of the things that we did for the first time um, in this release was uh, user testing. And I think it's, it's sad to say that for three years we had not done user testing. Uh, that was a huge, huge mistake. Um, you know, I believe that if you're, if you're trying to build a product for you know, my mom to use, there is not a designer in the world who can claim that, that, they can just, that they're inside my mom's head and that they can build something that's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I built this thing, so Chin's mom will totally get it. Impossible, right? And so I think that it's really important for, um, for people to do user testing and to really take that, the input that, that you get to heart. And so we had people come in and use our app and just rip it apart, um, just, just hate on it left and right, and also just be completely lost and just have no idea. And it was, it was really tempting to try to say, you know, hey, these aren't really our users. You know, this guy is a total weirdo. You know, he, He's not a techie, so he doesn't get you know, how this works. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's the problem. Like, these are your users. And if they don't know how this thing works and they're confused, then, then your product really does stink. And you should be willing to accept that. So we, you know, some of our early user sessions were, um, they were pretty brutal. And they you know, would really, you know, I could totally imagine demoralizing you and say, like, you know, hey, we're building this thing. It, it's not going to work. But, you know, my team would basically, you know, end a user session. Sometimes they would end it early because they'd be like, you know, we don't need more feedback. Like, we see a million issues now. Go to the whiteboard, and you know, just iterate fast. And 24 hours later, just have these new designs. And three days later, have you know a lot of this stuff implemented. And then we bring in new users. Um, we just use Craigslist for that. Um, and so it was cool to like, you know, do the user testing as early as possible, um, and then really just accept it and say like yeah like what you guys are saying is totally true and and you know we we sort of said that we weren't going to launch a product until it worked and then you know it wasn't going to have you know a million bugs and it wasn't going to be confusing and so we just kept at it and kept doing the user testing and refining um, before we actually said we you know this is ready for market um, so I don't know I mean it, I think it was uh, it was a really tough process um, I think it was something that I, I don't know if I've ever heard of a startup sort of stop for six to eight months to rebuild everything. But um, what we have now is a product that's much easier to use. Um, you know, existing users are happy with it. You know, we made sure that there was a really great transition path for them. And new users you know, really understand what Postures is now. And 
you know, the goals were to really nail controlled sharing. And um, now we have a unified message around like, why should you use posture spaces? How do you use them and, and all that? So, um, you know, besides the product stuff, there was a ton of work on the marketing end to figure out what our message is, how we're going to um, get this out there in the world. Um, we redid all of the, the, the marketing pages on our, on our website, from the home page to our you know, jobs page, about page, you know, made sure every uh, sentence was consistent with what we were going after, um, because we basically had one shot um, to get in front of these, the, you know, the new users that were coming through the door. So um, you know, so we, we you know we now we have this great new product, and we also have this great new code base, and this is what's going to let us move a lot faster. And so sometimes you just got to bite the bullet, to um, you know to to just take that time off to fix it, to get over that technical debt that you know you've acquired over some time. And if you don't, you're just going to move slower and slower and slower. Um, you know, you become like a friendster that your site just becomes so slow that you're you know you're, uh, you know no one's using it anymore. Uh, you also can't hire people because they're going to ask you, you know, what your stack looks like. And you're like, well, we're on two-year-old versions of Rails and this and this and this. And they're like, dude, I don't want to work here. Um, and that's true. I mean, one of our board members came in and he's like, if you guys don't upgrade you know, these components to your system, you will not be able to hire somebody in six months. And so you know, it's, it's hard to like, sort of get around that. But um, you know, the, the team did a, an amazing job to sort of balance technical debt with trying to put out a, a product and um, you know it's it's really hard to sort of balance the two, um, but uh, now that we're we're launched, everyone's really psyched, and uh, I'm going on vacation next week for the <laughs> the first time. So uh, yeah, I mean, awesome. that's pretty much it. It was a yeah, exciting process. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So let's open it up to your guys' questions too. Any who's got a uh, question to ask them? Right. Yeah. I mean, for the first part, um, yeah, I, I, we've found that. Um, Anytime you make a major redesign to a site that actually has you know, millions of users, you're going to piss people off and, and all that. But, but besides that, we made a lot of mistakes as well with current users. So that's something that we didn't do enough of, was to bring e existing users in to user test the, uh, the new design. So that, that was definitely one of our mistakes. Um, we are now uh, just iterating really quickly to um, make a lot of that sort of interaction uh, a lot better. And so you know, it's just we moved a lot of things in different places. Um, and there was definitely a, a whole side of like user education for existing users to, to make sure that, that they get it. Um, for the, um, the big vision, I mean, you know, the, the big vision is basically that like, we're, everyone's going to be sharing stuff online. Um, and Facebook does not cut it. You know, Facebook is essentially public sharing at this point as your network has grown and all that. And you know, when people share it online, uh, the number one way that people share privately is through email. And so email works really well because it's, it's really transparent. You can address it to multiple people. You know exactly who's seeing it. Um, and so you know, we want to build something that's as simple as that, but then it's hosted and archived so that you can go back in time and you can see what, um, you know, what you've posted before and, and you know, have sort of media in the cloud. Um, you know, in the future, we're not going to have computers. We're not going to have hard drives. So it's like, where do my photos live? Uh, sites like Facebook, you know, it's a stream. It's like I post a photo, some people see it, and then it's gone. You know, in a few minutes. Um, you know, we want to be the place where your photos live forever. But then uh, Facebook has like their list, and he will parse himself. He's on right. each direction. Do you think they're going to be selected? 
I think there are threats now, but I think that we, we have fundamentally different models. So, our, so, sp so posture spaces are symmetric groups. So, when you, so basically the idea is you create a space for like your family and you add your 10 or 15 family members. They can all contribute into that one space. Um, that's not how Google Circles work. That's not how Facebook lists work. And so the way that their model is, um, it's more of just like a fan of like who can see this content. But if I add my mom to a Google Circle, she can't share into that circle. And that is not the way that you know, email works. And uh, it's sort of like you know, Google lists or like, sorry, Google circles. It's like using the BCC line, right? It's like if I address an email and I put 10 people on the BCC line, like my 10 family members, they can't reply all and all that. So um, you know, I think that's absolutely our competition. And we think that spaces matches real life sharing better than what they're doing. So we were doing two really different things when we were doing sites and groups. And that was one of the biggest reasons to merge those into one product. Um, but then we do have all these existing users that are using us in all these interesting ways. So uh, I think it's, it's really hard to figure out what that one thing is once you already have a product out there in the market and it's being used by a lot of people. Um, but that's, again, where we use our, our users to help us. And um, you know, I didn't really talk much about um, metrics and instrumentation, but that as well of like really understanding what are people doing on the site and what's working. And when you see what's working, hopefully that sort of helps you distill down into one or, or very few things that your product should be doing. I didn't run it myself, our, our marketing guy did. But from what I understand, we basically put an ad on Craigslist using for, uh, looking for, for people to come in and test a, a new software product. But then we, we linked to a, a Wufu form that basically asked ba you know, questions like, you know, do you share online? You know, what's your technical expertise level? Uh, you know, do you have an iPhone, things like that, to sort of try to figure out that you know, we're getting people who aren't super techy, but then also you know, do use the internet and do understand sort of. Uh, I don't like the idea of beta. Uh, I sort of feel like, you know, I mean, this is just my own philosophy. Like, if you have a product that's out there and you know, just take the risk and put it out there. And I think, especially for companies like Google, they sort of hide behind the, the beta moniker of like, yeah, this is sort of done. It's not really done. If there are bugs in it, you can't blame us because it's beta. It's like, you know what? Just, just put it out there. And like, do you pay the users that become and Oh, pay, pay, them. Oh, pay them. Oh, sorry. I thought you said beta. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did. Screw beta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, screw beta. Uh, yeah, no, we, we did pay them. Yeah. We, we saw trends really quickly. Uh, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. You know, you get three users in the door, and, and we saw instantly some of the big issues, um, you know, just like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, we do a lot of metrics and instrumentation now. And um, that data just, it's, it's real time. And you'll see changes instantly. You know, it's like that, that story of like, you know, the shade of blue for Google. You know, if we wanted to run that experiment, we could do it in a day. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just really amazing the tools that, that we have now. Like, if we had to build our own analytics software, you know, forget it. But now, you know, we use Mixpanel and there are other similar tools out there. Um, they let you do this with. Did you actually Jonah. put builds in front of customers too for those tests, or what did you actually run them through? Um, yeah, we. Uh, so we we. Yeah, fully functioning. So we. Um, one of the things that we did. So developing this product is. Um, everything we were building was live on the site, but only enabled for certain users, mm -hmm. and so it meant that um, internally at the company we were all using the new stuff, as our you know living breathing app. Mm. Um, our board members at some point were all using it. Our investors were all using it. And then we could just sort of start to, to bring people in over time. So that was really, 
nice because it, it meant we were getting real world, world use and it also meant that um, we didn't have this scary night before launch of like, oh my god, like, you know, our entire code base is just going to change. It was actually like, no, we're just going to flip the switch so everyone's using the new stuff. Y Combinator is awesome. I, am, I think that um, if you uh, need help sort of launching a company and, and all that, you know, it gives you a lot of support. Uh, I, again, you know, I came from an engineering background. My dad is a business guy, but I never knew how to do any of the million other things that you have to do to, to run a company. Um, so that was sort of, you know, they were the first step in learning all, all the other angles. Um, and uh, yeah, we've done, uh, you know, an angel round, a series A, and, uh, you know, basically the goal has always been just find investors who are passionate about your product. Don't worry about the price and all that sort of stuff. We're happy now with spaces that our, our core message is much clearer than it was before, that it's controlled sharing and sharing in different groups. Um, I think, you know, we definitely rely mostly on, on word of mouth to, to get that message out there. And that's always worked really well for us. Um, and with groups specifically, it just works you know, perfectly where you know, people start a family space, invite their family, and then those people learn about this, the uh, service. And if that one space is active and people are actually engaging on it and it's, it's working, then those people realize, hey, I'm going to create other spaces for other things. Um, so you know, word of mouth users, and then obviously the press has been it's always great for us, and, and you know, we appreciate it. They, they, um, they got the message. You know, they were on, on the ball with like, what we were trying to do and who we were going after. And that's, uh, that's always a fear as well. It's like somebody gets it wrong. I mean, somebody called this like a, the next photo sharing app. And you're like, oh, we're not a photo sharing app. But, but mostly the press was great. I think that you always have to start with you know, this big vision and like, what you want to do. And you know, especially when you have a team that like, you know, they're going to march your orders. And, and if you don't have them, then they're going to just lose interest and lose passion. Um, but then you just have to be willing to sort of take the happenstance. And when things happen in a certain way and they work, then double down on that. And if something happens in a way that doesn't work, then fix it. But um, I think just being open to that is, is important. Hey, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out today. It was a good talk. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>